If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right. Well, don't do your victory celebration dance too quickly. But it appears, it appears as much as we can know anything as it pertains to the impeachment trial of President Donald J. Trump, that this thing may be coming to a swift end sometime tonight, maybe early In the morning, Saturday morning, we will see, and I'll explain that as the program comes together today. Welcome to the program. My name is Todd Huff. I'm the host of this show, as you know, Conservative Not Bitter Talk Radio. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Welcome your thoughts, opinions, questions, feedback, etc., You can also connect with us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show. You can watch the program live or on demand there as well. First hour anyway. Second hour, uh, not on Facebook. You have to become a subscriber. ToddHuffShow.com slash Total Access. So, okay. As we've been talking about for the past, gee whiz, a couple of weeks, we've kind of been laying the, the background, the framework for really what today is all about. So the Senate has really wrapped up the process of questions and answers, or they'll be doing – I think there may be some more today. But I, I'm skipping past that because the, the important part here is what happens after that. So as you know, there's been a debate over witnesses, right, witnesses for this trial of President Trump. And the Democrats have been pushing, they've been all in on this concept of witnesses. And I've laid out why that's been the case. Number one, first of all, don't buy the baloney that this is uh, impeding Senate Democrats who are running for president, their campaign efforts. Case in point, if you look at Iowa right now, Bernie Sanders, it looks like Bernie Sanders may win. Who knows, right? Who knows? Iowa caucuses. Those are different than primaries. Maybe we should talk a little bit about that for folks that don't know the difference between a caucus and a and a primary. <clears throat> I don't know that we can get to that today, but they are different because you can actually change your your vote over the course of um, over this process as they begin to weed out those uh, candidates who didn't get enough the first time through. People can change their votes and caucus with different groups and so forth. 
By the way, Iowa caucus reminds me of one of my favorite stories about Hillary Clinton. Really quickly, back in 2016, there were, I think it was eight ties. I have to go back and check the record. But there were eight ties between Hillary and Bernie in uh, districts in Iowa in 2016. And what they do, they literally, quite literally, flip a coin. And Hillary won all eight of them. She made or she won all eight of the coin tosses. And at the time, I remember raising the question, who made the quarter? Who brought the quarter? Was it Huma? Was it Bill? Because the chances of winning eight coin tosses in a row are pretty, pretty improbable. Hillary won eight in a row, and it has me wondering still to this day who brought the coins. It's further evidence, by the way. Probably a double-sided head quarter or a Clinton quarter or whatever the case may have been. But anyhow, this is Iowa caucuses back from four years ago reminding me of this. But Bernie's the one in the lead right now. And Bernie's been in the Senate. They want you to believe that all these senators, they're they're really – they want this this over. And I'm sure to a point they do, but this is the campaign, folks. This is the current – this is how the Democrats have been campaigning. It also keeps some of the attention off of the – Stupid things that they say, which um, I might get to one of those today with Joe Biden. But anyhow, so th- we've, we've talked about this, right? So this this witness fight is about delaying this. And I've, I've used the metaphor political hot potato. The Democrats toss the hot potato of impeachment into the lap of the Senate. Of course, in the game of hot potato, if you're caught holding the potato when the buzzer sounds, you lose. And that's what we've been seeing here. So they throw the political hot potato of impeachment. Remember this. Remember the Democrats were doing things in the dungeon, in the, in the basement, hiding from, from view, not letting Republicans or the Trump team have, have any witnesses. They did their little uh, – their dry run in the basement behind closed doors, locked from all uh, participants to see. And when the dry run went well enough, they brought it out for the public, the circus. They ramrodded that thing through. It was, you know, no Republicans crossed over, completely partisan. In fact, it was so bad for some Democrats, one of them actually changed parties during this process. Some voted, some stayed in the party and either abstained in the case of Tulsi Gabbard or actually voted against it. So the only bipartisan part of that vote was the no side, no to articles of impeachment. Nancy Pelosi ramrods this thing through celebrates with her celebratory ink pens. Then they take that after they basically pop champagne on TV. Remember Nancy Pelosi when they had the public vote in the House? Televised. She scolds them, gives them a look of like a mother might give to her unruly children. We're not supposed to cheer. Remember, this is supposed to be somber. We'll have some parties later this evening when the cameras are off and we can share how we really feel. But right now, right now we got to be somber. Right now I've got to say things like I'm praying for the president and I'm, you know, I'm just uh, just so upset. So, so sad. Oh, I just can't imagine after having to do this to the president of the United States. Why do we have to do this? We've given this guy every chance in the book. He just refuses to uh, to, to play fairly in our elections. He's already stolen a 2016 election now he's looking to do the same thing in 2020 i've got no choice oh my goodness it's so sad then they have the party they have the celebratory ink pens 
And then back as they pass these articles of impeachment over to the House, or excuse me, to the Senate, they get the House managers, a half dozen or so of these of these actors. That's what this is. This is this is to be viewed as a political performance. They they hold the impeachment articles as though they're carrying the remains of some as though the Constitution has died or the American dream is dead because of Trump or whatever. They march. They march. This isn't they're not even walking it. It's literally like they're timing their steps. Like they're walking down the aisle of a wedding, but they're not. They're walking down the aisle of something much more somber and sad. There's no reason for smiles on this day as they took the articles of impeachment to the Senate. They marched it. Sad, sad looks on their faces, distraught, almost tears. Cue the tears. This would have been a great place for Bill Clinton to be if he was somehow, if they could have inserted him um, and, and used some of his dramatic skills this would have been perfect and they just walked this thing across so sad to the senate had no choice deliver that to the senate then we kick off this nonsensical journey into trump impeachment and they make their case so to speak they make their arguments there's obviously a lot to be desired there's all sorts of holes in their cases in their case i should say and they basically say well you know, we couldn't get the witnesses we wanted, we needed. That's up to you. That's up to you. So the House says, well, tell us your case. And, or excuse me, the Senate says, tell us your case, and they did. Then the president's attorneys take the stand and explain why there is no case. And the president's attorneys candidly did a phenomenal job. I know there's a couple of things about this, these Dershowitz comments, which we talked about yesterday, the president's. Uh, can do whatever he wants is how people are interpreting this and not be impeached as far as it pertains to his reelection or her reelection. Dershowitz says that's taking it out of context. He wasn't meaning it in that sense. So there's a bit of debate over that. But look, you take you take the rest of the arguments here and you can say this is well done. Pam, Pam Bondi, well done. Alan Dershowitz, well done, notwithstanding that that one uh, argument or comment that's drawn the ire. Um, I've, I've shared what I think about that. But all in all, you look you look down the line. The, the defense team did a great job. Kudos, by the way, to, to senators like Ted Cruz. I'd even give a shout-out here to uh, one of our senators, Senator Mike Braun. Standing firmly, I've seen him out in media. Thank you, Senator Braun. In fact, I'll talk with Senator Braun here a little bit later this morning we tried to get him a little bit earlier this week, and uh, schedules, obviously, schedules are difficult right now. So wasn't able to get him, but I, w- I will have him before this, you know, the, the shenanigans of today, but uh, I might just release this. You know what? I might just email this out as I'm sitting here thinking about this. So if you want to hear what he has to say prior to it, um, Join our email newsletter list. I that's what I'll do. I will, and I might share it Monday, depending upon how much of it's still relevant. I just have to see how this whole vote plays out and so forth, and the details. But I'll be talking with him here a little bit later this morning after the program. Um, we'll do a, a recorded uh, conversation. But anyhow, so kudos to those senators that stood firmly, and I think I think those who did not stand up and those who did not uh, make the case. Make the case against this this entire process. As the process is going on, I don't care. I guess 
It's it's okay. It's good, I guess, what you say after it's over. But leadership is determined by what is said and done during the event. I don't want I don't want someone leading me candidly. I don't want someone in a position of power who's only interested in saying the right thing once the votes are counted. I want someone who knows the right thing to do and who actually goes out and tries to make the right thing happen. That's what I want. Don't tell me after the fact how this was a great thing. I want to see you in the arena, in the ring, duking it out, metaphorically speaking. Take it easy if you're a pacifist leftist. Just metaphors here. Duking it out. Politically duking this thing out with your political opponents and making sure making sure that your side prevails, or at least you fight for it tooth and nail. Don't hide from the media. Don't refuse appearances. Don't hide from the cameras and then later tell us that you're some great leader because, candidly, I think that's a bunch of hooey. And we need less of that in the Senate. We need stronger leaderships who are unafraid unafraid of the media, even unafraid of being on the wrong side of something politically if you do it the right way and articulate it and communicate and so forth. And we got to get rid of that. We have some of that. We still have more of that than I care to admit. But I will tell you in the era of Donald J. Trump, we have less of it, but we still have a, we still have a lot of it. But Trump has inspired and I think uh, – motivated and and shown these folks, some of these folks, the way to do this. So this is what's happened. So they get this into the Senate, and I've got to take a break. They get this into the Senate, and they want this political hot potato to sit here and to metaphorically burn, sear the lap of the Senate because Republicans own the Senate. They want the Republicans to fight with, say, the White House over whether or not certain people can testify. They want that Republican Senate fight against the president. That's what they want. They love the optics of that. They want to try to somehow get other witnesses in here that are going to continue to say bad things about the president, that are going to continue to muddy the waters. They think that if they have enough witnesses, they might create enough pressure to begin to break ranks with Republic, you know, between Republicans on even the larger issue of removing Trump from office, which candidly is a very high standard, as it should be, 67 votes. It was, it's been unlikely, as I've said before, that they would ever get there. But it's not impossible to think that a couple of Republicans might have started to say that they'd be open to that, removing Trump from office. Now, we didn't get there. If we don't get past witnesses, we're not going to get to that point. So, meaning if we don't call witnesses, if, if there's not 51 votes for witnesses then we're not going to get to the a couple of uh, defectors on on the issue of, of removing Trump from office. So I've got to pause. I want to pick up on this when we get back, paint the picture, because, again, what this really comes down to is Lamar Alexander, uh, senator from Tennessee. He was one of the four votes Democrats were hoping to pick off to give them 51 votes that would have basically forced witnesses to now be pursued in this impeachment uh cause impeachment trial and it appears that that's not going to be the case i'm going to paint the rest of this picture here explain a few details explain what happens next and get into other impeachment there's a lot of ancillary things i want to touch on today including nancy pelosi's press conference where she's talking about the president not being acquitted he's not acquitted Uh, you've got people saying this is a cover-up 
that's going to be uh, the next phase of this. We'll talk about that as well. But I've got to take a time out. Sit tight. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Be back in just a minute. Welcome back. So, of course, we also have the Super Bowl this weekend. We'll maybe talk a little bit about that as well. I'm not. I'm still not sure. It's hard for me to root for a team from San Francisco. Very hard, especially when I see at least one of the players, Richard Sherman, coming out saying he's probably not going to visit the White House. I always love these premature, and I get the questions, but the premature answers on whether you're going to go to the White House, that's apparently the most important question that society needs to know today. Are you going to the White House if your team wins the Super Bowl, NBA Finals, World Series, fill in the blank here, gold medal at the 2020 Olympics? Are you going to go to the White House? But then again, it's also hard for me to root for a team that when its players uh, come out of the tunnel, one of the players drops on all fours and raises his leg like he's peeing on a fire hydrant, which happened with Tyree Kill of the Kansas City Chiefs anyway. Anyway, that's what it is. Back to impeachment. So when we stopped talking about impeachment, again, this, this, whole, this whole fight is about witnesses in the Senate, and we kind of have built up, kind of summarized how we got to where we are, talked about the Democrat House managers walking with that very somber, sad face, Nancy Pelosi going before the going before the cameras and telling us that she's just so sad. Oh, she's so sad about this. And she's, uh, you know, she just doesn't know what else to do, basically. This is the only option. Keep in mind, Nancy Pelosi resisted resisted calls for impeachment for a long time because candidly of what we're experiencing now nancy pelosi is a lot of things she's got a lot of you know i try to be nice on here but you also have to be fair as to what we're dealing with she's politically um she's very skilled at what she does but as far as as her ideas and what she wants to do and how she's willing to use her position you talk about people that use their position to manipulate and get things that are what they want, what's their own personal interest or their party's interest or the, the what's in their own best interest is remaining in power. That's absolutely what we, what we see with Democratic leadership, Nancy Pelosi being included in that. But she was, she was smart enough to know that this was a possible outcome. And again, I want to say here, this is not over until it's over. But from the indications we're getting right now, early Friday morning, this thing is going to be potentially over here once witnesses, uh, the vote for witnesses ends. Uh, and then there'll be some shenanigans and some, you know, pushback and some show put on by the, the Senate Democrats. But at that point, they've basically lost control and we're heading towards what appears to be at this time uh, the ultimate acquittal of President Trump. Uh, no witnesses means this thing's over, and then you you vote whether or not to remove him from office. And if they can't get witnesses, they can't get him removed from office. Um, so, so that's where we are right now. And so this fight over witnesses again, as I said in the last segment, is about trying to harm the Republican Senate 
as much as possible. Political hot potato, I think, is the right way to think about this. They think get the, you know, toss the the political hot potato in the lap of the Republicans and then try to make it sit there for as long as possible. Try to make it burn their laps, burn their hands, make it painful, make it uh, leave a mark. Hopefully, in practical terms, what that would mean from the Democrat perspective is that when people go to vote in November, they'll be thinking that Republicans are engaged in a cover-up, that they are the ones who are corrupt here, protecting President Trump, not having witnesses and so forth. So it's either way, right? If they don't have witnesses, they're going to be engaged in a cover-up. If they do have witnesses, they're going to continue to watch this nonsensical show trial go on. Just imagine it's the equivalent of – I know Ursh, uh, Dershowitz was part of the O.J. Simpson trial, right? Part of the defense. It reminds me of that trial. O.J. sliding the glove on. He can't get the glove on. He spread his hand out as far as he can. That glove, that glove doesn't come two inches down the guy's hand. He can't get that thing on. He looks at the jury like, I don't even know how in the world this thing's going to fit on my hand. Those aren't my gloves. Can't get that on my hand. And so it's the same sort of thing. Imagine imagine that sort of nonsense and drama happening basically with all these with all these witnesses moving forward. With all these witnesses moving forward designed to hurt the president, designed to keep Congress from actually tending to the business of the American people, that what's in the best interest of this country. You talk about colluding colluding with one another and with the media for personal benefit to try to rig or steal an election from Republicans or Donald Trump in 2020. That's what this was. This is what this looks like. And so they would have dragged this thing out as much as possible, hoping to continue to mount pressure on Republicans to vote to remove Trump from office. And there might have been a couple. And if there's a couple, you wonder if there's a couple more. You don't know where this would have ended up. Should it have gone that far? But it appears that Republicans have stood firmly, which is the way the way to deal with this. It is the way to deal with this. You cannot pacify the radical left. The radical left is an insatiable just it's 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 an out of control machine. You cannot it, it's well, I don't want to use that analogy. People will misunderstand. But it, the the radical left is insatiable. There's never enough. If you call five witnesses, you need 15. If you have 15, you need 50. If you have 50, you need 500. This thing would never end until they got to the point that it was in their best political interest to either end this thing or hopefully in their minds damage President Trump enough to the point to where he has to – well, he's going to have to uh, face some serious consequences from Republicans in the Senate. And this is all about 2020. If they can get him out of, in the process, great. But even if they can't, if they can damage him, hurt him, give the de- Democrats a better chance of winning the Senate, maintaining the House, that's what this is all about. That's what this is all about. And so that's where we find ourselves. That's why hearing Lamar Alexander last night, and again, if you haven't heard this this morning, Lamar Alexander basically said that he's not going to be uh, favoring the the call for witnesses. They've heard enough. There's no case here. Regardless of what the witnesses say, even if they say everything that the 
House managers contend that these witnesses would say and prove and demonstrate. It doesn't get us to the point of an impeachable case. It doesn't get us to the point to where the president of the, of the United States should be removed from office. Lamar Alexander says this is political. Essentially, Dershowitz is right. Let the people decide in 2020. Right decision, by the way. The correct way of doing this. I'm a little bit sick of all the moaning and groaning of how Democrats have stood by the Constitution. Republicans have tried to destroy this thing. Trump is shredding it. Blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, you look back at our, even just a short short time ago, the history, the history of what's happened to this country, the abuse of, you talk about the real abuse of power, the growth of government, the erosion of liberty. You look at whose hands those things have taken place, and there's no consequence, no calls for anything there, no problems, no issues. Democrats are fine with that, and actually they're, they applaud that kind of stuff. That's what they want. They want more of it. Listen to the political candidates that are on stage, if you can stand to do so for more than five seconds. Everything, government this, government that, can fix everything, can make everything equal, can save us from ourselves, can punish the rich, who, of course, only got wealthy in the minds of the radical left because they took advantage of, of someone else who was poorer than they are. On and on this stuff goes. But it appears, it appears that this will be stopped. This will be stopped tonight in the Senate or maybe early tomorrow uh, tomorrow morning. So, going to take a break. When we get back, when we get back, I want to play a soundbite uh, from Nancy Pelosi talking about <laughs> the, the process where she actually accuses President uh well, Republicans are not even having a trial, so which means if there's no trial, Trump can't be acquitted because they never had a trial because they never had witnesses. Witnesses apparently are necessary um, in Nancy Pelosi's mind for there to be a trial that took place. I, I'm curious what the opening arguments were about if there wasn't a trial. But anyway, Nancy Pelosi doesn't see it that way. I want to play that soundbite, and I want to talk a little bit about Nancy Pelosi and some other things um, around the edges with with impeachment. But I've got to take a time out here. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Be back here in just a minute. Welcome back. So Nancy Pelosi says Trump's not even had an impeachment trial because, well, you can't be – actually, what she said is you can't be acquitted. I'm going to play this here in just a minute. You can't be acquitted if you don't have a trial, and you can't have a trial if you don't have witnesses and documentation – documents. Now, you'll notice she didn't say the words evidence because they did have evidence. That's what Adam Schiff and this cast of characters were presenting during this multi-day snooze fest – up on stage, up on stage, repeating themselves. I, I, I'm not kidding. I didn't watch the whole thing through. I mean, if you did, I, I mean, you, you deserve some sort of a, an award, I believe. But I really mean this. When I would rejoin it, I, I felt like I didn't miss anything. If I watched it a little bit of it a couple hours later, 
I tuned in. I felt like it was the same exact thing that they were saying before. Typically, it was normally it was Schiff up there, Adam Schiff saying whatever other gibberish he was saying at the moment. But it wasn't. I mean, they presented evidence. Now Nancy Pelosi says documents. Oh yes, imagine, imagine instead of just seeing some of the evidence on the screen, if you could actually hold the document, the document that was probably redacted. Of course, it had the name of. The whistleblower, Eric Charmella, blocked out, which, of course, they wouldn't let Rand Paul, the chief justice, wouldn't let Rand, Rand Paul say uh, in that in that setting, which everyone knew it anyway. It's like we talked about yesterday, you know, it, it's as though they act they act like this guy's life's in jeopardy if it's said from the, the floor of the Senate and they're going to be violating some whistleblower law, even though they're clearly not. They're clearly not. They just don't want to say the name Eric Charmella, especially when you can connect this individual to the Obama administration and so forth. But he served his purpose. He served his purpose in kicking this thing off. It didn't even have to be officially named. Anyway, Nancy Pelosi, I want to get to this, Didn't doesn't think there was a trial. So this is a a montage of sound bites from her press conference, I believe, yesterday. Whenever she began to see the writing on the wall that we're not going to have, we're not going to have witnesses, which means this thing may be coming to a swift end. Now you have to leave open the possibility that something crazy and unpredicted can happen here, just like, especially with John Roberts involved, right? I'll explain that in a minute, but I do want to play Nancy Pelosi's montage here, put together by Politico. I didn't do this. But you can hear some sound bites from her uh, press conference. This is about 90 seconds in length. Here's what she has to say. He will not be acquitted. You cannot be acquitted. If you- okay, let's try that again. It's uh, not going through my soundboard here. Give me a second to re- reboot this. So, again, we're talking Nancy Pelosi. At the press conference yesterday, this was put together by... Uh, by Politico. You cannot be a- All right, this is not. Because I got it plugged into the wrong court. How about that? Isn't that nice? Let's do this again. Third time's a charm. He will not be acquitted. You there cannot be acquitted if you don't have a trial. And you don't have a trial if you don't have witnesses and documentation. I also am very proud of our managers. Oh, boy. Uh, we believe that they have been magnificent custodians of the Constitution <laughs> by dint of their content, their presentation, mm. their historic perspective, and their tone. Oh, they have yes. made us all proud. And I've told our colleagues, they give us a magnificent example to follow. And they do oh. so in the face of the president's team is give there to break. dismantle the Constitution of the United <laughs> States. Imagine that you would say ever... Of any president, no matter who he or she is or whatever party, if the president thinks that his or her presidency, in this case his presidency, is good for the country, then any action is justified. Article 2 does not say you can do whatever you want. The Constitution does not say that. But these, but these, I don't know how they can retain a their lawyer status Disbar the comments that they are making. Mm-hmm. I just pray, I just pray that the senators will have the courage 
and the ability to handle the truth instead of blocking the truth. Give me a break. Thank you, Politico. Give me a break. This trial, this trial, it's not a trial. He hasn't been acquitted because he's not had a trial. Can't have a trial if there's not witnesses. Can't have a trial if there's not documents. So proud of the house managers. Give me a break. You got got to be kidding me. I hear a lot of anger here. And I'm going to tell you after the break what I think this is about. What I think this is about. Because they have meetings behind closed doors. And I'm telling you right now, what she's telling us, she's saying to them, ain't what she's telling them. Not at all. We'll talk about that when we get back. I've got to take a time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in back here in just a minute. Welcome back. If there's not been a trial, what on earth has the Senate been doing the past couple of weeks? What arguments were they hearing? What was the opening statement, opening argument for, if not for the impeachment trial? This is silly sophistry, but yes, she's trying to make a point here. She's trying to say this is a cover-up. Republicans were never serious. This never the, – the House did all the heavy lifting here. Just like Mueller, right? Mueller did the heavy lifting, hands it over to Congress. Nothing happens. The same is true here. Nancy Pelosi and the House Democrats did all the heavy lifting in this situation. They handed it to the Senate. The Senate did nothing about it, covered it up, didn't even actually have a trial because trials require witnesses. No, in this particular case, Nancy, the witnesses would only be called if the case warranted them. This didn't even rise if the vote turns out to be what the vote what we're being told it's going to be then that's that's that it didn't didn't rise to the level of even justifying witnesses and it shouldn't have it never should have even come to the senate if we're getting uh getting right down to brass tacks not, not even that it should never have, have taken uh, time of the house i understand that it's a political partisan thing but it never should have it's silly Nancy Pelosi was right. Nancy Pelosi was right in the sense that she was fighting this nonsense. And that, my friends, is where this anger really comes from. When the doors close, I'm telling you, do not doubt this. When the doors close and all the House Democrats or all the Democrats maybe for both chambers are together, Nancy Pelosi is unhappy. I'm telling you, she's telling them. She's telling them this is exactly what I tried to tell you would happen. This is exactly, you know, what we knew was coming. Nothing is going to happen here. We didn't get the political bump that we thought we would get. We've actually kind of looked stupid through this whole thing. And when the dust settles on this, which should happen sometime over the course of, of this year, the next several months, we're looking directly into the eyes of a re-election, of, of, of an election, of Trump's potential re-election, 2020. And now we've got to deal with the fact that this was complete stupidity in the minds of many people. Now, some people, of course, are, are on board, but those folks were on board anyway. They start looking at polls. They see, in fact, last night Trump was at a rally in Iowa. I love it. 
I say Trump should be rallying in the states where Democrats are having their primaries and caucuses every single time. I hope that that's what the schedule is. I haven't looked out. But a day or two, maybe even the day of, go ahead and be bold and brash. This is what Trump, this is who Trump is. He's out there kind of taunting them, reminding, telling his audience, I'm ahead in Iowa, Trump says, of all these, every single candidate that these Democrats have on the ballot here for this this primary. I'm ahead of every single one of them, Trump says. I'm going to win in Iowa. I'm going to be reelected as your president and commander-in-chief. And when you look at the, the, the lay of the field here, Biden slipping the so-called moderate Biden, which of course is only moderate against open socialists like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie, or yeah, Bernie Sanders, which of course is what we've got today. So the Democrats are looking at the very real possibility, very real possibility of Bernie Sanders versus President Trump in a general election. Now, there's still a long way to go. And just winning Iowa, if that's in fact what ends up happening here, does not guarantee that that will be the case. In fact, there's lots of people that won Iowa caucuses, or caucus, however you say that, that did not actually go on to become the nominee for president. So there's a ways to go here. And in fact, it's probably going to be a metaphorically bloody battle in the Democratic primary process. But Trump's out there basically taunting them. He's walked through the fire, it looks, yet again. So anyway, when we get back, I want to put the finishing touches on this impeachment discussion. And we'll wrap it up, wrap up this first hour here today. But uh, i got to take one more quick time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Recap quickly, Lamar Alexander, Senator Tennessee, had announced late last night he is not going to be voting in favor of hearing witnesses. So right now we know of two Republicans, if they stay true to what they've told us, that are going to vote for witnesses. That would be Susan Collins and Mitt Romney. So that would mean that there would be 49 votes in the Senate for witnesses. Lamar Alexander is going to stay as a Republican. We don't know about Lisa Murkowski. Even if Lisa, so, so Lisa Murkowski could go either direction. If she uh, votes not to hear witnesses, which is possible based on, upon what we know at this point, she said last night she still hadn't decided she was going to put some eye drops in and read some more. She's going to, uh, she would be the 51st person senator that would block witnesses. If she votes to hear witnesses, it would be a 50 50 tie. And so then it comes down to what Justice Roberts would do. Most people think Justice Roberts will abstain, making it a 50-50 vote. And since the motion would be to hear witnesses, the motion doesn't pass because it doesn't have a majority. The Senate can move on and actually begin the process of of having a final vote on removal from office. So there's going to be other shenanigans and so forth along the way. Plus, I don't out. Uh, I don't rule out the possibility of Roberts doing something like actually voting yes or something. We'll see how that plays out. But that's where we are today, guys. Have a great day. SDG Hour Two coming in just a minute. Take care.